The World Economic Forum announced this goal that you'll own nothing years ago. But how do the world elite expect Americans ever to give up everything? We are the land of the free, land of spacious skies, purple mountains, majesties, from sea to shining sea. But we are also the land of land ownership. And they're trying to take that away or expect us to surrender? I don't think that's gonna happen unless the progressive playbook is so thorough, so well planned, so detailed that we won't have a choice. Tonight, I expose that playbook. I'll show you how progressives have been eroding our financial freedom for centuries. And now with unprecedented control over corporations, banks, the Federal Reserve, the progressive left isn't stopping anytime soon, even if it means putting us all through economic hell. But tonight, I'll show you that there is a way to stop their sinister plan. Tonight, exit ramp. How to fight the progressive road to serfdom. Hello, America. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, I want to talk to you about the road to freedom, not the road to serfdom, the road to freedom. How did we go from a castle with a lord and a lady and a king and a queen that controlled the church and the bank and the government and the science and business and law and land? How did we get from here where we were all living in little huts, we were, we owned nothing. We were serfs. We did whatever the king said to do, and he owned all of our product. How did we get from there all the way to where we should be, to a free state, the road to freedom? The biggest stop was 1776. That's when we said, we have to break away from you. You don't understand who we are and what we want to build. What we want to build is a government that's instituted among men that would protect these rights that make all of us equal. That was revolutionary, literally revolutionary thought. And so we started making our way, and we didn't build giant walled cities. We instead, people could own their own homes and their own cars and whatever it is they wanted. They, we had local universities and state universities. We had local schools. We had corporations and industry all in our towns, a church. The inventors were not working at Dow Chemical. They were usually working in their garage late at night trying to figure out, how can I break this code? And D.C. was a distant land. That's how we got here. Well, that was the plan. But if you're, you're reading this, you know about this. How do you get the most powerful and wealthy nation that has ever existed to accept the concept you will own nothing and you'll be happy? Land ownership is fundamental. It, it, was, it was completely almost a new concept for the rest of the world. You didn't just go out and you, everything was owned by the king or a lord or a lady. You just didn't have your own land. But it's a staple of this country. Private ownership is, since our very inception, part of who we are. Now, we own an awful lot of stuff in the private hands. 
Who do we think will own all of the land, the businesses, our houses, our cars, everything, once we happily give everything up? Will the Bank of America hand over all the stuff that their banks own? Will J.P. Morgan, Chase, Amazon, Google, Walmart, Tesla, are they going to pack it all in and go, you know what, all this is free. It's great. We don't want to own it either. The answer is obviously no. Someone owns it. So who? Well, they won't surrender, I'll tell you that. And they're not going to stand alone. They are going to be partners, stakeholders, stakeholders with the governments of the world. That's what this book is really all about. This is about serfdom. You see, we've been on this road for a very long time, and we all thought we were headed that way. But at some point, we started going back this way. And the road to freedom is also the road to serfdom. It is. I'll show you a little while how long this has been in the works. It's phenomenal. But the progressive era saw a dramatic escalation, turning you and me into a serf. But this strategy is literally centuries old. Public-private partnerships are the mechanisms to get you to live here. The system is hurtling towards finality at a frightening pace right now. In five years, I think, honestly, in two years, you're not going to recognize this country. You may not recognize this country after the next election. I don't know. But it will be unrecognizable if we don't create a parallel system and get off this road. We have to have a stopgap, and tonight I will show you how to build it. But before I show you what we need and how to build what we need, we first have to recognize what they're doing. We have to admit there's a problem, and we have to get it from their playbook. So how do you get these people to get rid of all their stuffs and live under a king? How do you get a country built on private business and ownership, owning nothing and happy about it? Well, if you look at the castle, all of these things are here. But one thing you have to have, you have to lock down the banks and the money supply. Once you lock in the banks, well, once the banks are under government control or the government is under banking control, you have the illusion of private ownership, but really all of the decisions are out of the serfs' hands. This whole thing is really a giant con. The true power brokers in this system become the owners of the banks and their partners in Washington, D.C. It is they that assume full control. And it is us, you and me, that fill their coffers with profits. This is the largest transfer of wealth and not going to the poor from the rich, but going from the poor middle class and entrepreneurs to the rich. I'm going to go more into this after the break, but this is the entire reason the Fed was signed into existence by Woodrow Wilson. When you get to the, uh, the third uh, through uh, the last third of this show, I, I think I'm going to blow your mind how long this has been going on. The Fed is just the first and probably biggest example of public-private partnerships between the government and private banks. But insane strides have been developing lately. 
First, there was 2008 and the Wall Street crash. What did we do? The government bailed out the banks, not you. That brought them close together. Symbiosis, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And about a year ago, I showed you that a United States bank brought uh, the framework for all the other banks to help the government enforce ESG standards to America. It was the Amalgamated Bank, which is, surprise, surprise, union-owned. SCIU and all the rest of them. They, they were the people that kicked all this off. Remember this, unions. Unions and banks play a big role in this. I'm going to show you the model this is based on. It's going to blow your mind. There is deep history here. And people like you and me lose if we let ourselves be ruled under this system and we don't recognize what they're really doing. Next, you take the banks, then you have to lock down the businesses and the corporations. The small ones can go. The big industry leaders have to be brought up to the partnership. Uh, you have to form, you know, some sort of a guild. Uh, wow, I didn't say guild, did I? Or did I? Unions. You got to get the unions because the unions play a huge role. Get this. Private credit card companies have just approved in line with the Biden administration a plan to track sales of guns and ammo. Well, let's just cut out all the spin here. This is a backdoor gun registry. It is a way to help make guns illegal, plain and simple. You just stop getting credit for being able to buy a gun. I'm going to show you a letter written by Senator Warren and uh, several other Democrats urging credit card companies to adopt this plan. Well, did Senator Warren come up with this? I mean, it's a great idea. It sounds like something she would come up with. The answer is no. Check this out. Quote, this is part of a plan pushed by congressional Democrats after Amalgamated Bank of New York, a progressive bank often involves itself in social issues, made repeated attempts to push for the new code. Wow. That's the union owned bank that brought SESG enforcement to the banks like Bank of America. The plan is that they basically set the standard today at all major U.S. banks. Now they're imposing their will on private credit card companies in line with those who are the progressive rulers in Washington. Let me give you pharmaceutical companies, another great example. Remember how everybody was like, we can't be in bed with pharmaceutical companies, they're evil. I showed you back in January how Moderna and the government enjoy joint ownership of mRNA, coronavirus vaccines, okay? They own this so much, I showed you that the Moderna uh, company pays the government annual royalties to an account at the Fed. Well, now nobody's buying Moderna stuff, okay? They're not buying it because you don't really need it. Everybody knows it's a sham. What did Joe Biden just announce just last week? That the government was going to start funding this MRA research and the people who do it um, to be able to see if we can cure cancer with it. Wow, so when the money drives up, dries up from COVID for Moderna, the pharmaceutical company gets another grant from the government. And how much is the government getting paid from Moderna? How many other large companies are sharing a similar partnership with the government that we just don't know about? How many? 
I'm not even going to mention the partnership between big tech, Silicon Valley, and the federal government. That one's just way too obvious. It's pretty clear here that what's happening between the country's largest corporate juggernauts and the U.S. government is not the free market. So you lock down the banks, you get the biggest corporations, you control, control competition, then you next have to lock down the academics and the scientists. One of the best examples of this is what I showed you in our big COVID special. The government, people like Fauci, were scrambling to make the lab leak theory go away. So Fauci held a conference call with some of the most influential scientists he could muster. Two days later, this letter was sent from the Office of Science and Technology. The government was directing everyone, forget the lab leak. Don't uh, that lab leak. What are you talking about? Just move blindly to the approved narrative of natural origin. From that point on, every scientist, even those who disagreed, every academic that pushed back was ridiculed and ostracized until they all said, OK, I'm going to disagree, but I'm never going to say that out loud. So the scientists lock them down. Look at the climate cult. And the universities, yeah, we know how those are just propaganda uh, machines, progressive propaganda machines, our universities, they've been on lock for a very long time. Well, this is what you need. In the end, everything is centrally controlled. The elites and the government retain all of the power and the authority. That is the ultimate goal. That's why soon what I'm telling you right now will not be allowed to be said. If I'm right, I won't be able to say this. I hope and pray to God I'm not right. But their ultimate goal, along the way, they slowly and methodically bleed you and me of everything we own. It will be demand destruction. Have you heard that from the Federal Reserve? We're looking for demand destruction of everything. Remember when Biden said, all those taxes, the new taxes, they're not going to hit the lower and middle classes. Really? Really? Last year, Americans spent more on taxes than food, health care, education, and clothing combined. They're leaving you with very little money. And then through inflation, they're taking what's left of that money and pricing you out of goods that you depend on. You'll have to sell your house and you'll probably have to rent. Oh, well, you'll have to rent this and rent that until you don't own anything. Let me show you the latest consumer price index. Inflation is up across the board with the exception of gas and energy. Why is that? Why isn't gas going up? Well, it's two things. This chart will show you it's not the currency of Venezuela. This is the strategic oil reserve, you know, in case of a time of war, Biden has gutted it. In other words, what you're seeing at the price was supposed to be uh, saved in case we went to war. It's artificial. And on top of that, people just can't pay for gas anymore. We're not taking trips because prices are still too dang high. Demand destruction. Whenever you hear some politician or the Fed say they're looking for demand destruction, Take the word demand and put your name, your business, your bank account instead of demand. So it's 
Glenn Beck and family's destruction. That's what they're looking for, because that will slow down the economy and inflation will go down. This is happening all across the economic spectrum. Well, the Inflation Reduction Act, I mean, it's great, right? The public-private partnerships are solidifying while we are being priced out of ownership. It is serfdom. But before I show you the inspiration, what I believe, all of this was modeled from, and they've been telling us for a hundred years, we were just too blind to see it. You first need to understand their biggest pressure point, the granddaddy of them all, the United States Federal Reserve, which is not owned by you, but you soon will be owned by them. I'll show you what the Fed is really all about next. So last week, the stock market and a lot of our retirement dreams were getting manhandled. I mean, me too, right? Hashtag. Pretty much everyone agrees inflation is the main culprit and that the Fed... If they would announce a rate increase, it could get really bad. That's what all of this has been about. They announced it today, three quarters of a point. Whew, so we're saved, right? Nope. The Fed has intervened to flick, fix inflation nine times since 1961. Recession followed 90% of the time. Only once did they not screw it all up. One time. But you and I already know this is a recession. It doesn't matter whether the government tries the, you know, word judo. <laughs> we all feel the pain in our homes at the gas pump, the grocery store. We see that businesses are scaling down with our own eyes. I believe that pain, real pain, is coming, but mostly uh, the pain of serfs. The really, really rich are going to get really, really richer. The system is rigged. I've never said that about this country, but we are not in the America I grew up in and that lives under the Constitution. This is now designed for the public-private partnerships and designed to protect them. And they are insulated, and we are not. I saw this article last week, and it made me laugh. Stocks were getting hammered all across the board after the Consumer Price Index report was released. But there was one exception. NASDAQ drops more than 1%. Dow closes lowest level in two months. Wait, what? Wait a minute. What, what, what was it? Oh, it was bank spot, uh, stocks were a bright spot with Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan rising more than 1%. Wow. It's kind of like going to Vegas. The house always wins. You won't hear any of this history in any university textbook, but... This is the entire reason the Fed was created. But that's also not what the Fed would say either. In fact, if you go to their website, this is what they do say. What, what do we do? We conduct monetary policy. Well, you know, that's working out really well, right? We promote financial system stability. Okay. We also supervise and regulate financial institutions. So they're the robber and the cop. They foster payment and settlement safely. And there's that help again. Ah. Finally, we promote consumer protection. We got your backs. Stick them up.
Wow, the Fed sounds awesome, Glenn. Why do you always pick on the Fed? They're a bunch of great guys. Look at what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's when they're not triggering recessions uh, or a depression. The Fed's narrative is a bill that was introduced in 1907. It was then signed into existence by Woodrow Wilson, everybody's favorite racist, in 1913. And it's been sunshine and lollipops the whole time. Because remember, they're just true, patriotic, faithful servants that want to help. I mean, with no personal gain, because that would be downright unthinkable. And gee, Wally, when mom and dad get home, they're sure going to be pissed. Yeah, mom and dad are coming up the stairs. That's you and me. Here's the real story of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve Act wasn't drafted in Congress. What? It was drafted in 1910 on a private island, the island, called Jekyll Island. <laughs> it was an elite getaway at the time for people like Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan. Seven men met in secret, and the result was the United States Federal Reserve. These are the people that decided our fate. There was Senator uh, uh, Nelson Aldrich, I say. Aldrich was known as the political spokesman for corporate America. He was also an investment associate of J.P. Morgan, and his son-in-law was John D. Rockefeller Jr. So no conflict of interest there, Senator. And speaking of conflicts of interest, the other attendees include Abraham uh, Piot Andrew, the assistant secretary of the Treasury, Frank Vanderlip, president of the National City Bank of New York, the most powerful bank at the time, representing people like Rockefeller. Then there was Henry Davidson of J.P. Morgan and Charles Norton, president of J.P. Morgan's First National Bank of New York. Then Benjamin Strong, he was the head of, what a coincidence, J.P. Morgan's Banker Trust Company. And then there was Paul M. Warburg, he partners in Kuhn, Loeb & Company a representative of the Rothschild banking dynasty in England and France. <gasps> Did he just mention the Rothschilds? I either want really good wine right now, or it's a conspiracy theory. You take all of these guys together. The, these were the men drafting the creation for the Fed. These men, they represented one-fourth of the total wealth. Not in America. One quarter of all of the wealth in the entire world. And they had five things they wanted to accomplish. Now see if any of this stuff, I mean, this is such conspiracy corner, even though it's written down in its actual history. Stop growing competition from the new banks. Wow, that sounds very American. Not at all self-serving. Stop growing competition from the... That's important to remember that for later in the show. Stop growing competition. Obtain a franchise to create money for lending from nothing. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love that. Three, get control of all bank reserves so reckless ones won't be exposed to bank runs. You see, all they have to do is control the money, but it's for charity. Oh, they just want to help. Then shift losses from the bank owners to us, the serfs, I mean, the taxpayers. Convince Congress that the purpose of all of this was just to protect people like you and me. Now that sounds a little different than what they signed. 
The end result was the government could now go directly to the Fed to get uh, money without consulting you and raising your taxes. Money would be created, as they said, out of nothing and given to the government. It could be loaned by the banks to people like you and me, and then we would pay interest on it, which makes them richer because they didn't have it in the first place. But now they have it. So I'm going to loan it out and I'm going to make money on something I didn't have. I just made it up. <laughs> you see what I mean by the house always wins? But is the Fed public or private? Check this out from the St. Louis Fed. Quote, so is the Fed private or pub public? The answer is both. While the Board of Governors is independent government agency, the Federal Reserve banks are set up like private corporations. Member banks hold stock in the Federal Reserve banks and they earn dividends. Wow, you want to talk about the mother of all sweetheart deals? This would be it. They exist in this murky, mysterious gray area. Oh, and they said our monetary policy, print money out of thin air, and then we bailed them out, like in 2008. Hey, that was on that conspiracy list. I've got to have some more Rothschild. Could somebody get me a good, very expensive glass of wine? So this is the Fed, and debt, and serfdom has been the goal all along. Oh, that's crazy. Is it? Oh, wait, you're going to love the next block. The, uh, the system being built is surprisingly similar to one that is over 600 years old. I can't wait to show you. Next. Okay. So it was my wife's 50th birthday um, a couple of weeks ago, and I took her to a place neither of us had ever been, Florence. Oh my gosh, I'm glad we went there. My wife had a good time until I discovered something, and then I'm up at night reading all night. Let me take you back to 1427, to about 1500. America is going to be discovered in a few years, and the new world is going to pop up. Well, there was a new world being established in Florence. I want to give you a little history right here. So, they used to have guilds. We would call them unions. But there were seven guilds uh, starting around 1427. Uh, I couldn't think of the other two. And I'm not sure all these are right. I know the wool workers is right. Uh, but butchers and banks, silversmiths, masons. And these unions, these guilds, controlled every aspect of the life of the worker. They had secular corporate power control over every economic aspect of life and it was with the force of law. They would protect from competition. What did we just read about the Federal Reserve? Protect from competition. They were in charge of quality, quality control, education, welfare, even housing. Okay? So the town in this walled city would be cut up like a cake. And you might have the bankers and the uh, wool workers and the butchers. So everything was controlled. Everything. Well, this crazy cat called Medici, uh, he was actually, I think he was in the wool workers guild. He was just a regular guy. He wanted to be a noble. But he couldn't become a noble because he had to be born a noble. So how do I become a noble? Well, I could stop 
being a wool worker and maybe I could become a banker. Well, he did it. And I think he was one of the first to ever do it. But then when he got it, uh, things kind of got a little spooky. Then he dies and his son, Lorenzo, takes over. Lorenzo is known as the Magnificent. He's the guy that funded, literally funded, all of the art, the Sistine Chapel, all of my, He discovered Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci. He was an amazing guy. But the guilds, all seven of them, that controlled everything, they all met here. Now, I want to take you over, and so I want you to really see this building, because it's a beautiful building, and there's a reason I'm showing you this. You'll find out in a minute. So the building, I want you to notice this part right here. It's so beautiful, isn't it? The rest of the building, the clock, blah, blah, blah. The little tower here and this right here. Isn't that beautiful? Because that's what captivated my eye after I did some reading. Actually, that came second um, because it was this building. See, the guilds met here. This was the control. Florence was a nation at the time. So this was like their capital, okay? And they all met here. Medici, he had control of the, I think it's Arte Magori, that's the, the guild, the, the people that were meeting in here. He really kind of controlled it and everything else because his bank had made deals with all of these guys. So he was the main trader for everything. Um, and he was also the, the, the Pope's bank. Lots of money. They controlled the treaties, mainly he did control the tre treaties, and he built himself a modest little home, and this, believe it or not, is the modest one. I want you to, I want you to see it, because I, I stood in front of this. I stood right here, and uh, I looked at the bars on the windows and this particular stone, and I walked across the street, and then I looked at these lamps, and I'm like, gosh, I've, I've been here before. Deja vu. How is it I've been here before? Because I've never been to Florence. And it bothered me all day. And my wife was like, could you let it go? And I'm like, no, there's something about that building. What is it about that building? Well, I figured it out. I had been in front of that building before. Except it was a modern-day version of it. It's this building, the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, see the bars on the windows? See the stone? It is exactly, look it up, it was modeled after Medici's home. But that's not all. Do you remember the first picture I showed you? Yeah, this one? Yeah. Notice the top of this, and the little turret kind of thing here, and these. Can we go back to the Federal Reserve Bank? <gasps> Look at it's right there. And there's a little castle turret there, and the top is it. Isn't that weird? Hmm. So I discovered this. My wife was like, okay, can you now let it go? And I'm like, no, I can't let it go. This, this means something. So I went home that night while she fell asleep. I started doing research. And I realized that these guys that designed the Federal Reserve Bank did it intentionally. 
Now, they said at the time in the 1920s, well, we were just looking for something that looked strong. Really? That was your motivation? You went and you took two buildings from Florence. One happened to be the unions and the government building, and the other one was the main banker building, and you put those two together. Ha! Huh. What are the odds that this amazing coincidence is happening? What's happening? Well, what did, the, what did they have here? A bank that was in control of all the workers and the unions that controlled the controlled every aspect of economic life with the force of law. Why? Because they were all meeting here. But who was the big winner? Medici. Hmm. I want to come back to that chalkboard we had at the very beginning, because now that I understand this, there might be something else to learn. Back in a minute. I'm going to briefly just go over this again. Seven guilds, their unions, their whatever people need. They control everything. You can't, you can't just start your own business. You're like, I can make better socks than that. You can't do it because the guild watches over the quality and the education. Have you been trained by the guild? No, you've got to be trained by the guild. You can't just open up a sock store, okay? Does any of this sound familiar? You need a license to do that. Okay, so they took and controlled, these unions controlled every aspect. And by the way, these are good, hardworking unions. They control every aspect of the economic life with the force of law. They met in this building where they decided everything, but really the one that controlled it was one really rich dude that had a very powerful bank. He lived in this building, and the Federal Reserve is modeled after these two buildings. Got it? Okay, so let's see if they're doing this at all. I mean, if you want to go back to the road to serfdom where you will live in a little hut, you got to take this apart. So what have they done? Well, they've moved the university. They've moved the schools behind the Tower of the King. Um, big industry is going in. You have local banks. Remember, in 2008, we had to bail these banks out because they were too big to fail. Then why did our local banks go out of business and the big banks got bigger? Ha! Huh. Seems like they don't know what they're doing or they were lying to you. So the little banks went out of control, but the government and union bank, it's doing really, really, really well. Okay, church, this is just wokeism now. And that church is happening here, run by... Oh, and science? Hey, trust the science. Otherwise, we'll silence you. It's almost as if... It's a giant castle that has all of this. Now, the church, I'm sorry, the, the king also owned all of the land. Hmm. 
What happens if you default on your mortgage? Who gets that? (gasps) The bank gets that. But who's at the bank in league with? This is how you will have nothing and you will like it. You won't have a choice. You will like it because he'll provide everything for you. The government and private partnership with banks and science and business and law and land. and oh, It's going to be so great. It'll be utopia for the people in here. Not necessarily for the people out here. Now, I know I bring you this and it's discouraging. You hear about this stuff. We are talking now about institutionalized serfdom. And it has been at play here in the United States, in the United States since at least the early 1900s. We have the Fed against us, big banks, credit card companies, big corporations, schools. It's overwhelming. It is David and Goliath. Wait a minute. What is the symbol of Florence? (gasps) The David. Huh. He fought a little battle. To break out of our chains of serfdom, we need to start right now. We have to work together to get the word out. There is now a full-on effort by state and national members of Congress to fight back. There are people fighting for us. But as you see, they have most of the stuff behind a wall right now. But there are things that we can do to insulate from the coming storm. It's called a parallel economy. And I know you're like, is that like a parallel universe? Nah. What would it look like? Well... Remember, our current economic system is rapidly appearing to emulate the bank from the guild system in Florence. In that system, the bankers and corporations held all of the powers. The banks are where you have to start. I urge you to move towards your local bank and your credit union. If a bank is connected to the big banks that own the Fed, they should be considered compromised. Ask your local bank or credit union who their affiliations are with. Debt equal with what banks are doing uh, is banks who, who they're doing business with. We also have to make sure we're with banks that don't have huge amounts of debt and we have to pay down our debt as much as we can. Nearly half of all Americans are currently going under because of debt. Now, who owns that debt? Is it Visa? Is it MasterCard? Is it Bank of America? Wells Fargo. Both of those banks are proud owners of the United States Federal Reserve. And the credit card companies are weaponizing against you. Right now, they're tracking gun sales. What else are they tracking? What else would they track? Could they stop your credit card from working Let's say if you wanted to drive your truck across the country and go protest in front of the Capitol. Could they do that? Oh, oh, they just did in Canada. Get out of debt. And if you can't, try and transfer some of that debt to a local bank. 
They're trying to use the financial system. It, it was built for this reason, to bring you back to serfdom. It is time to cut from it and go around locally. We also need to be using cash a lot more than compromised credit cards. Tracking purchases is just one of the tools at their disposal. I handed somebody some cash at a gas station the other day, and they looked at me like I was, I don't know, from Mars. They were like, I don't know what to do with. Even debit cards lead a financial trail. I got nothing to hide. No, neither do I. But I don't want to give them any more power. How about you? Now, I'd like to say crypto is the answer here, but the White House just announced more interest in further regulating crypto and progress towards creating a digital dollar. Of course, because they're collapsing the paper dollar. When this happens, financial privacy will be all but gone. Until that happens, prepaid credit cards that you can pick up in places like Walmart or Target could provide a little more privacy for purchases. Not that you're purchasing any, I mean, if you're purchasing, what am I even saying this for? Like, hey, I'd like a big bag of fentanyl, please. You take Amex. This is just a temporary Band-Aid, but we've got a lot of work to figure this one out. Investing is our Achilles heel. We're all invested in a 401k or retirement or something. Most people are. It used to be about making money, planning for retirement, passing wealth onto our children. But you're not going to be passing any wealth to the children because it's just not true of the current system. I told you about firms like BlackRock that are driving a political agenda, not to make you money for you and for me, but to filter wealth and power back to those that would make us serfs. We never really had to question these large asset managers that manage our portfolios and retirement funds, but we do now. They are worse than BlackRock. Look it up. This is the new reality. Remember, you and I cannot be allowed to accumulate wealth, property, or power, because we're gonna be so happy when we give it all away. These perks are amassed with public-private partnerships between the banks, corporations, and the government. They hold the money. They hold the power. They own things you won't. These asset managers are now part of the progressive system, and we need to get out of it. Look for firms like Vivek Rameshwamy's Strive. Investing outside the realms of political agendas used to be the norm, but now it's the parallel economy. Ownership. At the very top of the ownership list is land. Look to own land, but no, it's going to be a struggle to keep it. There's a reason why BlackRock and others are buying up large tracts of housing. Big banks, asset managers, corporate conglomerates will all look to be your new mega landlord. You'll own nothing, and they will be all too happy to collect the rent check. Locally owned businesses are vital, maybe pivotal in the parallel economy. Get away from the Amazons and the dominance of giant corporations when you can. Locally owned small businesses will allow a parallel economy to cover some retail. And local owned farmers and ranchers will cover food, farms, farming markets. If you don't have a farmer's market in your town, start one. 
Ranchers, real butchers that can sidestep the food conglomerates and big meat processors. There's a reason why Bill Gates is the largest independent farm owner in the country. Control the food supply and you control the people. Finally, local politics and engagement. Let's start with the media on this one. Stop watching the mainstream media. They are lying to you. Now, I, if you don't believe me, check them out. But make sure you're not just, your friends are not just clued into this, okay? And vote, 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 because they're building a wall around themselves, not around you. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow morning from Dallas. Good night, America.